Nothing grosser to me than an avocado sandwich. What does that have to do with leadership? Why are we talking about it today? Good morning, competitor. Jake here, your chief encouragement officer. And you may be wondering by the title, what's worse than an avocado sandwich for me? Well, about 20 or so years ago, uh, I discovered I was allergic to avocados. See, I grew up here in Texas, as you know. Those of you close, you know I love some chips and salsa. I love donuts, but man, when I die one day, they will cut me open. They'll find some donuts, but they're going to find a whole lot of chips and salsa because that is my jam. But when I was younger, I used to eat guac all the time. Chips and guac. That was my thing. Seven-layer dips, sign me up. But when I was in my early 20s, I was out of shape, we'll say. I was probably 25, 30 pounds heavier than I am now. I started developing acid reflux after everything. Didn't matter what I ate, I would get that heartburn indigestion. Went to the doctor, started taking Nexium, went through all of the tests, and it turned out I had a hernia in my esophagus, a hiatal hernia. And so they took once they took that hernia out, the doctor told me I may experience some changes in what I'm allergic to. Now, they didn't know what I was allergic to, and so this was what I call a trial by fire and hope it's nothing fatal. But there was one specific afternoon I was meeting with a sports agent who I had been interning with, and we met at Jason's Deli with another person in the industry, and I ordered a club sandwich, not thinking anything about it. And as I'm eating this club sandwich during this meeting, I started to (coughs) feel like I have an apple core stuck in my throat. I get up and go to the bathroom. I'm trying to throw up thinking there's food stuck in my throat. Nothing. No clue what it was. Just this miserable feeling. I felt terrible. Terrible like something was stuck there. I could breathe, but it was super uncomfortable. Didn't know anything about it. That following weekend, I was out with friends at an event, and we ended up going back to somebody's house, and they bust out some seven-layer dip. And as your boy loves some chips and salsa and seven-layer dip, I get into it. Seven-layer dip, that's guacamole. And as I'm eating this seven-layer dip, I start to get that feeling again in my throat. And I think, oh my God, what's going on? Something's wrong with me. And so I start going through what all's in here. Guacamole, avocado. Go back to the Jason's Deli menu. Look at what's on the club sandwich. It's avocado. Start realizing I'm allergic to avocado through This trial and error, I realized I have a few other allergies that I'd suddenly developed. And so now I avoid avocado at all costs, even though I love guac and how good it tastes. But if I were to eat it, it would be an incredibly uncomfortable experience for me. I would feel terrible afterwards. There's no benefit. Even if I like the taste, there's no benefit to it. And the reason I bring that up It's because a lot of us are feeding these type of sandwiches to our teams in the form of feedback. They love to laugh that a lot of us are really good at giving a, quote, shit sandwich for feedback to our teams. We tell them something really good, then we pack in all the crap that they're doing wrong, and then we tell them something really good at the end. And what happens when we do that with our teams is maybe they remember the one good thing we said at the beginning or the end, But more than likely, if they do, they ignored the bad part in the middle. On the other hand, a lot of people just remember the bad. They don't remember anything positive you said to them. And so as leaders, 
we have to constantly give feedback, right? That's how we're holding people accountable to the standard. That's how we're coaching up and developing people. And so we have to be effective at how we give feedback because our communication with them is so incredibly important. One of the ways we can do this is by trying to find a balance between positive and negative feedback and how we give that. A lot of us were really, really good at giving very detailed negative feedback. When somebody messes up, when somebody falls short of a standard, we're great about telling them when, where, why, the timestamp, what they did wrong, all of that. When we give positive feedback, though, we tend to be a little more vague. We tend to just tell people, you're doing a great job. We appreciate your effort. We, we kind of keep it very general. And what happens for that is each time we do that, that we're very detailed on the negative and very vague on the positive, it's almost like we're piling weight on one end of a seesaw. And that negative weight is going to add up and add up and add up. And when that balance gets so out of whack that the vague positive, it doesn't weigh very much. It's not very detailed. It's kind of up in the air as you would see a seesaw up there with all the weight on one side. People start to miss any kind of helpful or positive feedback you give them because all they hear is the negative. People start to defend themselves when all they hear from you is negative feedback. And what struck me is I was listening to an interview this past month with Jim Collins, author of Good to Great, and he talked about giving feedback. And he talked about how we tend to have this problem of giving detailed negative feedback, but what they found in, in studies and research is that if we can become as detailed with our positive feedback as we are with our negative, we can create a little bit more balance, which creates a little more reception from the person receiving the feedback for both. So just as we've talked about here on the show of praising process and the importance of praising good work very specifically versus this vagueness, when we're giving that positive feedback, we need to continue to do that because it'll balance out the negative. In fact, Collins tells people, if you're giving three pieces of negative feedback, you need to give two to three pieces of positive feedback. And if someone says, well, I don't, I, I can't find that many positive, work harder, look for it, right? We talk about as leaders on the show, we've got to go above and beyond sometimes to find specific things to give feedback for, to praise, to coach up people on, because that attention to detail says we care. It shows signs that we're invested in you and we want to see you do well. So the next time you have to give feedback... If you're walking in with two very specific negative things you need to coach someone up on, can you also give them two very specific positive things to coach someone up on? Now, we don't want to have the reverse of this, right? Where we're only giving positive feedback because then people will tune out the negative. They won't hear when we're trying to coach them up when they've fallen short of a standard, but just the same, if we only give them negative but it's very specific and detailed, they become defensive and they don't ever hear us when we give them positive feedback. You gotta treat it like a seesaw. Because what we don't wanna have is people that withdraw from the relationship when all they get is negative and people that ignore the opportunities to improve because all they hear is positive. So each time we're giving that feedback, we're gonna give both. We're gonna give a very detailed negative feedback that they need to coach up on and improve and we're gonna give them a positive detailed feedback on something they're doing well to keep doing. This prevents us from giving them the crap sandwich because we're not packing a negative in between two positives. We're striking for more balance 
And we're striking that balance with very specific detailed feedback. So think about the feedback you're given this week. If you're running a gym to your coaches or members, if you're running a sales team to your people on the floor or your managers, if you're running a construction team out in the field, we're constantly giving feedback to our people. How can we improve the feedback we give by being more detailed and striking a balance between the positive and the negative? So we balance out that seesaw a little bit more and help our people become better, which at the end of the day is what we're striving to do as a leader. Go for that balance. Create detailed feedback, both positive and negative, and figure out ways to bring out the best in your people this month. It's July. It's a brand new month. It's the second half of 2023. Doesn't matter what the last six months were like. The next six months start right now. So let's go make the most of it. I'm cheering for you, competitor. Go win your week. Thanks again, competitor, for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. This is Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and I'm glad you're here because that means you're a driven leader who wants to maximize your performance and pursue greatness in every area of your life. To learn more about Compete Every Day, get involved in our leadership cohort, or find resources to help you lead better and succeed more, visit CompeteEveryDay.com. I'll see you next episode.